Welcome back to another episode of Hello Reality, yet another show that Tyson Apostle would drastically improve, just like the challenge. <laughs> Joseph, are you as excited <laughs> as I am to talk about this insane show that we got? Uh, Eric, I had to pinch myself multiple times uh, watching this first episode. To be like, is this really happening? Am I really seeing David from BB-21 climbing up to the side of this building? There were so many cognitive dissonance moments, but I love this premiere, even though it was very surreal for me. It was surreal, uh, especially the pairings, I thought. We got some of the pairings. It was like Kayla from The Amazing Race partnered up with David. That poor, poor girl, <laughs> Kayla, I felt so bad for her in the moment. She must have been pumped when the ending was revealed that they weren't going to stay on the same teams. Sarah <laughs> and Enzo are teamed up in this episode. Like, I don't know how the fuck that happened. That's that. Yeah. What happened Oddly there? fitting, though. Like, Tony and uh, Enzo, not too dissimilar, as far as the way they sound, at least. <laughs> Sarah Lucina's got a type of people she likes to work with in these shows, apparently. Yeah, it was. A, I thought it was a really fun first episode that, like, gave it a lot of backstory, set the stage, great first challenge. I'm, I'm excited. I pretty much loved everything about the format, too. Like, I wonder if some of the CBS producers got their hands on this and were like, let us, you know, do our thing with this format here. Because it seemed to be mm. a lot more fair, make a lot more sense. We'll talk more about the twist at the end, but I loved it. Yeah, I can't wait to see how wrong we are, because I like the format, too. And uh, I, I think I also might have liked the Double Agents format, <laughs> or Spies, Lies, and Allies, I think. I forget which. And then it was like a, a steamroll. Uh, by a power alliance. Yeah. This one feels like it's going to be really hard for people to consistently have power. But, Which you know, these are some savvy players. Was my concern, like, watching this episode, I was like, this is really cool, this is really fun, but is this going to become the Survivor versus you know, and Big Brother versus the other shows type of thing where they just steamroll them for the first couple episodes? Which, you know, I like all the Survivor players and Big Brother players, but it would get a little boring, I think. It might, and it would be totally in line for those two types of players because Survivor players, I think a lot of these players, um, most if not all of them are, are sharp, are good Survivor players who have a good success history in the game. And then the Big Brother players, we know how Big Brother players play the game. They get a huge alliance going on day one of all the power players, and they stick to it, and it makes the season suck. That's that's how Big Brother players <laughs> have been playing the game since season 16. They figured it out. And if they do that yeah, again to the challenge, I'm going to be sad. Yes, please don't do it to our channel. So thank you, TJ, for the algorithm. So hopefully that'll, you know, add some intrigue here. But overall, a great episode. So I guess let's just get started at the beginning. Yeah, okay. Um, a great episode. I, the one thing I want to say, the, the big disappointment for me was the results of the elimination. But we'll, we'll circle back to that. But that really, oh. that really bummed me out, man. I, I, was, I was sad about that. Oh, man. This is interesting. I uh, if you, if you listen to our preseason coverage, you may recall that I, I am not the biggest uh, Kyland or Aza fan of, uh, in, in so far as uh, reality TV personalities for very different reasons. And the, the cookout is just such a big you know, storyline already. I'm like, uh, I wouldn't mind it if Big Brother uh, and Survivor had some difficulty you know, in the game. But that's my two cents. Oh. I will agree with you, uh, but I was actually happy for Ozla and Kylan. I was surprised, uh, especially hearing how much Kylan trained for the show and everything like that. Like, he takes it seriously. He cares about it. That's what made me like him in the first place, preseason, before he was on Big Brother, was that he was such a big fan of these shows. 
you're ready to come in and give Kylan a, a do-over. Like, okay, fresh start, Kylan. Kylan yeah. 2.0. Right, why do not? We, do we know how many uh, celebrities or companies he's feuded with on Twitter since <laughs> Big Brother last season uh, as you know, he turned over I, a new leaf? I, I will say I did forget that about his personality. <laughs> that's pretty That's pretty douchey. But anyway, um, you know, we'll give Kylan a second chance. Uh, so... Um, they all come into the compound, um, which looks like your typical, uh, I, I guess it's somewhat recent, like the total madness bunker type of feel. Yeah, probably an improvement over it, I feel like. It's, it's looked huge. It looked like there's this huge open space. Like they rented out a former Amazon warehouse or something like that for this season. Yeah, they all have bunk beds, uh, classic challenge style. It looks pretty cool, like you said. It doesn't look as bad as the bunker did. Um, and TJ comes out, and everybody gives their crazy reactions, and they're fawning over TJ. It's TJ! Ah! <laughs> they're pumped. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I guess I would be too. Um, and they, TJ lets them know that they're going to win 500k. Uh, how many people are going to win well, it and how many ways are they going to split that? Who knows? You know? There's 500K up for grabs. <laughs> that, right. I think it's a very sure thing that no one's walking away with close to $500,000 a season. This is, of course, in part due to Tyson's tweets that he had made or posts or whatever where he's like, you're going to go on the challenge and compete for a fraction of an amount of a sliver of $500,000. So, like, we know there's going to be some weirdness here, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So, TJ lets them know that in order to make the final, they have to have at least $5,000 in their personal bank account. Each of them is going to start with 1000 bucks already. And the only way to get these uh, $1,000 or to get more money into your bank account is to win a challenge or an elimination to qualify for the final. Okay, so let's talk about the format then. You liked it going into it. I am cautiously optimistic. I haven't really fully thought out how the format can be ruined by these smart players yet. What do you think? <laughs> what, how do you think this is going to go? I like the idea, but now that I've seen Tyson and Angela win the first daily, and all you need to do is win one freaking daily to like uh, qualify for the final, uh, I feel like you maybe at least need two things. Uh, personally, for uh, I feel like it just seemed too easy to qualify for the final in the first episode. But I do... I don't know. I feel like it, it would be better because then, like, you really have to pick and choose what bank accounts you steal from. Because if everyone yeah. has like six thousand dollars, you know what I mean, or however, then it doesn't really matter who you pick out of those people. It's an interesting number. I actually think it might turn out to be a fine number. Um, you know, it's true they qualified instantly like that, but there's still a ton of people who are not qualified. And how many challenges? How many dailies are we gonna get? I don't know, maybe maybe 10 episodes, 12-something uh, before the final, perhaps. Who knows when they're going to switch it up again. People will start repeating as winners of dailies, especially with the teams getting mixed up. There's going to be a lot of people who are yeah. going like, to need to win eliminations to make the final. Um, I'm kind of curious how the math like adds up. I, I, I should have figured this out. I just feel like you're going to say to yourself... Why would I go into an elimination against somebody where I could possibly lose when I still have all these dailies? Or, like, maybe when it's getting down to the end, they have less dailies to win. Maybe then, but... 
That's know. what I'm excited about. I'm 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 excited to see how this shakes out and how this influences people. Like you could easily say level one thinking, okay, great. Now I go in elimination against Angela or Tyson. I'm I'm not sure how it's gonna work when partners have different bank accounts. Uh, are they gonna do like man on man and woman on woman eliminations? Who knows? But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Like, do you do that? But then if you do that, the next episode. You're the target now. Like, what's to stop people from doing the same thing to you? So do you just kind of yeah, let them true. exist as the bigger target and, and like, hope for uh, a more under-the-radar game? I, I like it because I think it's going to create a lot of decisions throughout the, the uh, season. I definitely like the idea. Not sure how much I love the amount that Tyson and Angela got, but whatever. Um, I um, We get a lot of cookout talk. Uh, a lot of reminiscing for, uh, just in case you didn't have enough of the cookout on Big Brother uh, 23, uh, they're here on the challenge again. And not to say we don't like them, but like we were saying, they just seem to have seemingly a stranglehold. But we figure out here that maybe some of the people coming from Big Brother 23 with them aren't as happy as maybe we would have thought. Just curious, are you reading my notes right now? Is that is that what's happening? Yes, yes, exactly. Okay, I was, just, I was wondering because I, I wrote a lot of cookout talk in my notes, and I was like, that sounds <laughs> yeah. familiar. Okay, yeah. uh, Alyssa is probably the most notable personality here, because not once here in the beginning of this episode, but twice do we get confessionals from her talking about how she wants to go after the cookout, uh, everyone in the cookout, even Xavier, who says that he trusts Alyssa and is closest with Alyssa, which is pretty interesting, but not really too surprising if you watched Big Brother last season. I think he and Alyssa, like, gelled the best uh, from his perspective out of anyone, but he was simply, like, way too loyal to the cookout. He brought her as far as he could go in seventh place, but he was never going to betray the cookout for her, even though he, like, got along with her better. So now he's hoping to have a good one-on-one with her this game, and... This looks like it might be leading to some kind of conflict between the two of them down the road. Yeah, and I gotta say I was surprised by Alyssa uh, during this. Um, yeah, this is know, already a lot more strategy than we saw in her entire last season of Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, and I think that might be the part that stings about it for her is the fact that she was like such a pawn in their game uh, last season. So I definitely understand where she's coming from. But strategically, I think this is not great. Um, I think that she could use those numbers for herself. I don't think she needs them necessarily either because the challenge is a different game. But, like, I feel like this would be to her advantage to work with them. I don't think it would be a situation again where Xavier's going to pick Tiffany and Aza and Kylan over her. Um, You know, so... I, I could understand maybe her wanting to get rid of some of them, but to be like, oh, yeah, I need to, like, stab X in the back. I need to get him back. I, I don't know about that. I understand it uh, a little bit. She isn't saying she wants to do it now. She's just saying at some point in the game. I think that that is an interesting point you raised, though. Is the desire to not look stupid two seasons in a row going yeah. to override what might be a correct decision where, like, Xavier looks uh, more ripped than ever. He's an athlete. Uh, like, what if she just goes to the end with him and like finds a way to, yeah. to partner up with him uh, and, and, and there, use this like tight alliance and trust? And there were times where during even last season where Xavier wanted to shift things to save Alyssa and do things to like you know put Alyssa over the cookout. It ultimately didn't happen. But I think on this new season or whatever, I feel like she's he's probably the number one person she can trust. Honestly. Yeah, um, and, and from his confessional, that seems like the case. So we'll see how that plays out. 
Let's yeah. see. Uh, I thought it was interesting that we got like seven straight uh, intros without someone from Love Island. My numbers might be off by a little bit, but like Love Island really took a backseat in every way imaginable this episode uh, with, with like not getting a ton of attention right out of the gate, losing two members at the end. Uh, yeah. Do you think this is going to be the, the Big Brother and Survivor show? Yeah, it looks like it. Um, but I and, and, and like it kind of stinks because I actually think after watching them and listening to some exit interviews, I think the Love Island people are like lovely. Like I think that, like a lot of them are funny and like they seem uh-huh. to not be the most strategic, but they seem at least aware enough. And I don't know, they seem fun. They do actually. They do. I I liked it a lot. You know what I particularly liked was Shannon rappelling down the building and checking herself out in the reflection. That's what I like to do whenever I see a reflection. So I bonded with her a little Honestly, bit on that. Honestly, same. <laughs> we're, both, we're both very narcissistic in that way. I don't know if I would have torqued at the end of uh, me uh, doing the daily, but teach well, their own. that's that's where we diverge a little bit. Uh, I also probably would have done that. Oh, oh no, oh, okay. me and Shannon. <laughs> me and Shannon. Okay, that's got, who did it. Like, look at you. Not a big twerker, believe it or not. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, they've been good. And going in, um, for those who didn't listen to our stellar preseason uh, coverage of these players, Joseph and I have watched all these players between the two of us. Um, me, more Amazing Race than him. Not the Love Island crew, though. Neither of us have really any idea going in. So it was kind of nice to start to see some of their personalities. I got to say, I, I still like Kira a lot. She seems cool as shit. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm still yeah. rooting for her. Yeah, she's funny. She had a couple quotes I felt like uh, throughout the episode. I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's solid start. Solid, especially yeah. taking over the repelling with uh, partner Cashel, who they broke up with uh, on a eight-hour road trip. <laughs> Have you ever broken up with anyone on a road trip or something similar? Um, Maybe after one. <laughs> Not during one. <laughs> maybe after one. Were you holding it in the whole time? Were you like, I'm going to break up with you as soon as we hit Phoenix? <laughs> You know, sometimes they say that you really learn a lot about people when you travel with them. You know what I mean? And then you know, oh wow, we don't bad have to experience, get huh? Maybe yeah, that's what but... it was. Maybe Keshel would just wouldn't stop singing "99 Balls of Beer in the Road" or something like that. And uh, <laughs> she, she after after it. the 156 bottle, it was yeah. Um, so I is that how that game works? Anyway, um, so um, we have everybody it's 99 being... bottles, so probably doesn't go up to 156, Joseph. <laughs> Wait, so it goes down? <laughs> so you, yes, you yes, down. you start at 99 and you go down. <laughs> what do you think? You start at 99 and then you keep counting up. <laughs> I didn't really well, think about it, to be honest. I got good news for you. You're not missing out on much uh, if you have gone yeah. your life without singing this song. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Right, who else now we I got? Can't make fun of the, I can't make fun of the contestants' intelligence this episode now. Damn it. <laughs> Could we ever, really, without being a little hypocritical? You know, yeah. It's all tongue-in-cheek. Who else do you like in this intro sequence? Any other like intros we're talking about? We got a lot of little snippets of people. Yeah, we got some Shan action uh, once again, talking about how she is a pastor and she is going to stab people in the back and pray for them later. We've heard that. Yeah, I've heard this this story I'm familiar with. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nothing has changed here. Yeah. Uh, we got Danny's take on it at some point in the episode. Uh, Danny, of course, being someone who was burned by sh- uh, Shan in the game. No, vice versa, yeah. uh, or maybe both. Anyway, Danny's, it's interesting that Danny's wife Danny, gave him a lot of advice, I feel like, before the show. He kept talking a lot about of advice. things his wife told him. Yeah, don't work with Shan, don't die. 
<laughs> Good it's advice, interesting maybe. because Danny, I mean, by all accounts, played a more straight up and loyal game than Shan, but Danny's also the one who voted Shan out, uh, not the other way around. So should Shan be worried about Danny? Yeah, I was thinking about that as well. Uh, Danny's the one who kind of, and Deshaun were the ones who kind of defected from that alliance with uh, them. So, Yeah, interesting. Some other ones that I thought were interesting, uh, Sarah starts off the game with just like, the real mafia type confessional of like uh also a Richard Hatch esque confessional about as soon as I walk in the game just write me the check. I thought that was a nice little start for Sarah and honestly can't really yeah. blame her. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Sounds about right. Um, you don't win let her get to an end. Don't let you her come get to very a final. close to winning again and then you're on a show where all the qualities you need are the things that you're best at. Like yeah, I think. It's actually insane. She she's like she has a resume that you would make up in your head if you wanted to make up the perfect challenger. Like strategic right. and cutthroat, check from Survivor. Repelled from helicopters, check. She's good with heights. Ran marathons all over the place, check. MMA fighter for eliminations, check. Like what? <laughs> like it's still kind world of world class social game too like like one thing we did not mention her social game has is like yeah. really good she she really gets people like to like her and trust her and all that i feel like her going into the season even though it is her first challenge season is like jordan going into the last season of all stars where it's like if you don't get rid of this person before the final it's all your fault. You deserve to lose. Like yeah. she is a known quantity. <laughs> like uh, get on it people. Except, except Jordan's like like talking shit the whole time and like getting under your skin where like Sarah's I you know, she's going to have people like her they'll be like, "Oh man, she I didn't she doesn't seem like she was going to be this cool and she is like really cool." And then they, they fall under her spell and yeah. We'll see. A lot of former survivor players have uttered we, those we, words. We did see Shan, though, bring up in this first episode already, hey, let's throw in Angela and Sarah and see what happens. You know, that's just an idea. You know what I mean? That she threw out there mm -hmm. or whatever. We'll see if that comes to fruition. But people on this show are aware of how big of a threat Sarah is, uh, especially in the yeah. physical elimination. So That was good to see. That was Shan, you said, right? Right, uh, I want to yeah. make sure I get this right. Yeah, she's someone she who definitely... She was talking with Tiffany and Desi, I believe. Okay, good to know. She, she, I like seeing that because Shan is self-admittedly not the biggest physical threat here. She's someone who needs to go to the end with the right people to have a decent shot of winning, I think. So her game, I think, should be centered around getting rid of people more than most people. Like Sarah or Tyson, who are like, just get me to the end. That's all I want, and then I'm going to go to work. Don't yeah, care who it's against. Yeah, give me whoever. Right, yeah, give me whoever as long as I'm there. I got a shot. So yeah. uh, any, anything else before the challenge? Real quick, uh, Shannon had a little intro here, not to be confused with Shan, um, setting up the the narrative that she might not be cut out for this. And she said, quote, even the baddest bitch would be running for the hills, end quote, coming into this show. Um, it's like, that's just not true at all. Like, you're on a television show, and there are a lot of bad bitches here who are not running for the hills uh, at all, I don't think. So I think she <laughs> kind of more stands alone in that thought. <laughs> I I got where she was coming from. It is probably an overwhelming experience, but it's one of those things where it's just like you can't let any blood drop in the water. Like you know what I mean. Like people, mm -hmm. it doesn't take much for people to need an excuse to throw you in, and that's classic challenge. Doesn't even matter if it's true. It's like once they hear it, it's like game over. It's like okay, classic easy every show really. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Any reason on those first couple days to throw someone in, you you don't give them a reason. Just don't give them a reason. Don't <laughs> anything but that. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, question. Yes. Over under. How many Love Islanders do you think will quit this show? Do you think it's going to be more or less than one point five? That's a great question. I'll say less. You, you do think it's going to be less? Okay. All right, yeah. I'll, I'll happily take the over there. Um, I'm, I don't Ooh. hate it. You don't hate it. It's probably going to be less, but like I, I yeah. think I think it's a fair fight. I think. It's, I feel it's, like it's once you get over the heights challenge, right? Like I don't know. Like they're going to do big crazier one. stuff for sure, but I feel like ripping it's off the early though. That's good. Yeah, it's real early, and I'm basing this in part on some TJ um, interviews before the the season started. Where it seemed like there were a few people that he was disappointed by. He didn't name names or anything, but I yeah, I feel like uh, this this might not bode well for some Love Islanders. Yeah, so we'll see. We also get like uh, Selly and Justine are BFFs. They film yep. TikToks together. Um, man, if I was paying attention more to this show when I was watching, it'd be so easy to figure out who was going into elimination. But I just like watch it. I, like I never think to myself, like, why are they setting up them being friends so much? Like, why do they keep bringing that up? <laughs> yeah, you you definitely can see, especially in some All Stars episodes that we just talked about last season. The intros are so formulaic sometimes. Like this episode was not like that. I don't think we got a lot of pairs, you know, to choose from. But sometimes in All Stars, it's like they'll, they'll just have these random features on certain players and then the end of the episode oh what do you know those are the players in elimination you know they don't necessarily go home every time but but uh if you're featured in the beginning of a challenge episode that's like the clock striking 11 55 possibly on your career yeah um so the challenge what is the name of this challenge eric Wow, Joseph, I'm so glad you brought that up because this is easily my biggest pet peeve, <laughs> the challenge. Well, okay, that's I take that back. I have more pet peeves, mostly centered around the final formats. But one of my biggest pet peeves, Joseph, is their names that just seemed like they weren't even trying at all. This one is called Down to Do the Math because they're going down a building and doing math. I don't think this is their worst name ever. Uh, what do you think, Joseph, before I launch into my diatribe? Not impressed, but I'm not saying I would be that much better at the job. Okay, well, you know what I'm saying? I'm frustrated because clearly the producers do not listen to our podcast because last season of All-Stars, they had a similar challenge in that it was heights plus math, and they called it high stakes, which, like, because it's high, that's it. That's, that's all I got. And I pushed very hard for it to be called Higher Education. And uh, I still say that is the best name for a challenge that in includes heights and math or trivia. And, and they're still not using it. And that frustrates me. I feel like once they do use it, you're going to be upset. You're going to be like, ah, damn it. They took my idea. No. No, I'm going to be happy. I'm going <laughs> to be like, okay, I, there, there must be a producer listening to this podcast then. Because there's no way they come up with that by themselves. Um, so any producers listening, uh, one, I'm shocked, uh, two, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> three, higher education. It's better. Use yeah. it. So they have to rappel down this 20 story building with a partner and solve math equations, blah, blah, blah. You guys saw it. Um, they have to partner, <laughs> they have to partner up and everything like that. Any p interesting partner matchups that you think? Yes. 
yes, I did think there were a few. And when they do this, they didn't know that they were going to get broken up after an episode, right? For all they know, it's yeah. the season. Yeah, oh my god, dude, you get David and you have him for the rest of the season? Now, oh, brutal. I think some of them might have watched the previous seasons, right? Because, like, and they, like, at least me, I would have thought to myself, like, this is not going to be my person forever. Like, I'll probably have an opportunity at least at some point to get a new person with the way these last couple seasons have been. But I, some of them thought they were going to just, be, you know, be their writer dies. Yeah, it, it, it's possible for sure that these would have been the pairs throughout the season. It's been done before. I also would have thought yeah. very good chance that things are going to get mixed up. We're going to go to teams at some point or it's going to go to individual at some point, you know. But yeah. but you never know. So you got to pick the person that you want to actually play the game with just in case. And uh, some of these pairings were a little quizzical to me. It must have been frantic out there. I thought one interesting note was Sarah and Enzo, like I mentioned at the start of the episode. Sarah is, like, coming in as the biggest threat, like we've talked about. Like, gotta be, by far. Enzo, Joseph, not really known for his uh, challenge performance in freaking Big Brother, let alone the challenge, now that yeah. he's on that. How did that pairing end up happening? I don't know how much uh, Sarah is, like, <laughs> watching Big Brother. but And, like, Enzo, you know, he looks like he's in good shape, but he is, like, an older guy. Um... Uh, we heard from Tyson's podcast that originally he wanted to go with Sarah, but Sarah was like, no, we need to like split up. We can't just all be, you know, on Big Brother Survivor pairings or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And so Tyson went with Angela, and I guess maybe Enzo was one of the better available players from a different show. I don't know. I got only two ideas. One, it all happened so fast, and right. it was the best option. Or maybe Sarah is intentionally lowering her threat level in the game, saying, I'm going to get someone from a different season, which she knows she wanted. I'm going to get someone who's got a really good social game. Let's say she studied and knows Enzo. And yeah. I'm going to get someone who doesn't make me look like as big of an insane threat that I already am. I don't know. That's all I got. I don't know, I, I, I don't know if she had all the time to even, like consider all that but maybe who knows it's it's yeah. sarah she's good um yeah kayla and david that was a pretty unfortunate pairing for kayla uh if you know anything about David, is, is kayla like really good do you think she has potential i do actually yeah i think yeah. she does have potential it's it's hard to say you can't really compare the amazing race to the challenge but she was very good on the amazing race very competent uh got second overall consistently at or near the top of the pack um, so, you know, there's gotta be something that carries over for sure. Um, Leo and Tiffany, I thought was a quizzical and hilarious pairing as well. Um, this yeah. Leo guy, man, why is he telling Tiffany to look at the heights while she's like, up? like, what is his deal? Leo's going to be fun on this season. I think he's, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. he's going to be looking to make the funny joke a lot more than he's going to be making to say the correct thing. That's the type of player that he's been, I think, on all that's the seasons awesome. of The Amazing Race. But he, yeah. he is also strategic, so that's going to be an interesting pairing. you got to imagine they were like kind of left over. You know who really must have been left I was over? I'm surprised, by the way, before we move on, yeah. that yes. uh, Enzo called him out on talking about the cats too much when Enzo is the Meow Meow. That's a really good point. Enzo, where do you get off saying that? <laughs> also... On that note, while we're on the subject, did I hear Leo correctly that one of his cats is called Leo? Did you catch that? <laughs> no, I did not catch that. 
On my second viewing, he described his cats. Let me scroll down and, and see where I, I knew wrote I should have watched the episode for a third time. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you blew it, dude. Because this was this was in it. I'm pretty sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, someone. But you said my cats, Leo and Leia would be proud and the first time i didn't even notice the second time i'm like you're called leo you just call the cat after your own name who does that what a maniac girl if uh to all the women out there if you're ever on a date and the guy takes you back to his house and his cat has the same name as him leave run, run. <laughs> get, get out. flee no i'm That's just kidding be the biggest man, red flag. that is odd <laughs> narcissism i don't know that's that's strange i don't know maybe uh, the anyway. cat was already named leo and he adopted the cat maybe get the benefit of the doubt and then you gotta imagine you would have picked it for the name and the name alone i, right. I don't know man yeah. i don't know yeah I, that's a more we'll have to ask him about that sometime yeah yeah let's um, see so danny yeah, and shan more on leo's cat interesting... hopefully throughout the season yeah oh ho- ho- hopefully if you say so yeah. <laughs> hopefully Hopefully not, if you ask me. Uh, Danny and Shan, interesting pairing for reasons we've already talked about. Tyson and Angelo look like the team to beat before they even do the challenge. Of course, that won't really matter as much now. Um, Cashel and Kira, interesting backstory. Kylan and Azza, interesting backstory. A lot of interesting pairs here. Yeah. Which Um, doesn't matter that much. You know, Tyson kind of looks like uh, Tyler, Angelo's boyfriend. So I feel like this was like, you know what I mean? It's like destiny. Oh, I never thought about that, but yeah. Yeah. Like an older version, kind of surfer boy, long flowing golden hair. Yeah. Strategic, super athletic. Yep. What's up? Yep. Angela's got a, a type in terms of uh, yep. who she wants to work with in these games. Yep. So uh, we start the challenge off and Kylan and Azza are flying through it seemingly uh, Tyson even said during his podcast that he was watching Kylan and kind of copied his method of like how to rappel down because he knew Kylan had taken rappelling classes and stuff like that. So they were wow. actually like whizzing through it, um, but almost too much so, <laughs> right, uh, to where they didn't uh, dot their I's and, and you know cross their T's on the math there and uh, have to run up the flight of stairs again. Yeah. Yeah, they thought the challenge was simply called down. They forgot that it was called down to do the math. <laughs> that was their mistake. And some of their answers were like, I don't know, if they, like you're you you always love looking at the math and what people uh, solve for and stuff like that. I do. Some of their Makes answers, like better. they would have one answer that was like kind of close to the actual answer, and then they would give it a second try, and it was like nothing even similar, <laughs> like to the first number they gave. And I'm just I, like, how do you get from like, 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 I don't know. I got nothing. Like, I have no clue. I wasn't following that that closely. It seemed yeah. like their mistake though was that they picked the wrong color for at least one of the steps going oh, down. Right? Oh, really? So I think I think it was that and not the math itself, like it was for Kayla and David, who legitimately yeah. just didn't didn't do the math correctly twice. Uh, right. But I'm not and positive. So they have to run up the flight of stairs again. And Azza wasn't like the biggest fan of Kylan on their season, um, but she I like the way she handled this. Not the passing out part, but she really <laughs> did not seem to like blame Kylan at any point. Uh, he seemed to be the one who's taking the reins on the math and everything like that. And she even talked about it on a podcast with Devin and Devon 
um, that, you know, she really let him take the reins in that way, and she regretted kind of not, like, just verifying everything as well while they were going down. Yeah, that's good that she said that. Oz has always been very fair and nice, so that doesn't surprise me. I, I do yeah. think that she's right and that that's simply a mistake. Like, why would you not <laughs> yeah, want two people <laughs> checking this instead of one? Like, what's yeah. the benefit in her just not trying to do the math, too? Right, like, yeah. That's so yeah, weird. I, yeah, I don't know. So, um, but they have not to Not the biggest competitor. <laughs> and honestly, I yeah. Honestly, I thought once they lost, I was like, okay, well, there's a chance another team is going to screw up along the way. Like, they still have a chance, right? Um, and like TJ said at the end of the challenge, like, they were the worst performing team, and they didn't really even do that bad. Yeah, they will just one mistake, that's all it took. And yeah. like we said, if you mess up the math at some point, you, you kind of do have two more chances to fix it. But if you get the wrong number along the way down... There's really no shot. It doesn't matter how many tries you, you get, right? Like, you have no clue at what point you got the wrong number, uh, what yeah. the, the correct number, what, like, there's just no chance. So, Part of me thinks, all you know is it's probably going to end in like a zero or five. That's it. Part of me wonders if they should only give them two tries. I don't, I don't know if that, do you think that makes for a more exciting challenge or no? Like, if they, if the more people have to run up the flight of stairs? Um, it would have been more exciting. It might have just been simply logistically, like like that. I don't know that. Uh, in this case, it seems like it would have turned out that only one more team would have gone up, and then there would have been like an actual question between two teams going after it uh, for the bottom of the barrel. I don't know if that's yeah. that more, more exciting. I don't. I don't know. I don't care. I got you. Um, so uh, Tyson and Angela. Uh, Tyson, like I said pretty much goes with what Kylan was doing, which was just letting go of the rope and <laughs> just mm -hmm. letting your weight fall down. And he said that Angela was the one desperately trying to save their lives, uh, holding <laughs> onto the rope as he was like trying to go down. So it was a good balance. And it seemed like as soon as he entered in the number and TJ blew the horn that he knew he won with the way he reacted. He popped off, man. Yeah, Tyson was yeah. pumped. He was not being shy about it. This is the Tyson no. that I remember from Token Chains. No, Very yeah. braggadocious or braggadocious. One of one of those two right. words is Tyson. This and this was like Tyson's reaction when he got back into the game on Winners at War. It was like more similar to that. Another highlight in the Tyson memory banks. Yep. He loves winning challenges. If anything, it's like a, a weakness that he was able to corral on his winning season of Survivor when he played up his <laughs> yeah. injury that he had. And now he's like he's back to just uh, rubbing it in everyone's faces how athletic he is. So yeah. interesting which I, that he, he's doing that. Which I think is beneficial on the challenge rather than like be. on the other shows where it's like CT, Johnny, like those guys are feared. Right. And that's why they right. never go in. Right. Like Tyson's not going to be feared necessarily from a physical standpoint. But if they're just like, damn, this guy's so good at everything. Like, I just don't even want to bother. Like, yeah. CT probably slightly more feared than than Johnny, who I think might have a below 500 elimination record. But I see your point. Just yeah. would like to to get that. It, that I don't feel there. like Johnny goes <laughs> into elimination a whole lot, though, is, is like more so my point. Like he's gone through like a lot of seasons where they're just like. Whether whether it's like fear because of him in eliminations or fear of him as a player, as a big player in the game, I do think that always yeah. works in his favor. That that is definitely correct. You're right. You're right. Is big big uh, mafia boss 
fear energy around bananas. People don't usually want to cross him in the game when he plays. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe he's going for that. Tyson is, I don't know. Can I just interject a random annoyance I have? Um, very very minor, course. very minor. But this wouldn't be a Hello Reality podcast <laughs> without say, us complaining about something. So yes. staying on brand, I would like to say that there's one confessional where James talked about writing equations in the window dust, and he started with, as an amazing racer, I use my surroundings to my benefit, and my brain immediately shut down at that point because I just hate it so much when they force their like backstory in. This reminds me of when they, like on Big Brother, all those ham-fisted confessionals where they're like, as a flight attendant, I directed uh, my way through this competition or like something stupid like that that like really doesn't have anything to do with it. Like what does being an amazing racer have to do with using your surroundings to your benefit? <laughs> Like, that's just so dumb to me. I, I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it's like we get it. They're on four different shows. Not everything we has to be a, about the show they came from. We had a scene of James and Leo playing pool later where he was talking about how he felt like um, he played like a pretty social game on The Amazing Race, right? Like he was a pretty strategic player. Uh, yeah. You said that was true, right? Th yes. That is true. Yes. Yes, it is. This was that is a one of the first times format. people had done that on The Amazing Race? Um, I'm not the biggest Amazing Race historian. I, I miss a few of the more recent seasons before getting back into it in, in the 30s. Uh, but yeah. I would say that it was the most dominant and consistently working together alliance that I've seen on The Amazing Race. They got... Uh, five teams who just never stopped helping each other out all the way to the till they got to the final five, um, wow. and and it you know it worked really well. But I think what we're gonna see is that James really from this episode has a much more interesting strategic mind than a format like the Amazing Race showed, where it was really right. like see, like Borneo of Survivor, where they got a majority alliance for the first time, and everyone was like, hey, why didn't we think of that? Uh, this this is gonna be a lot more interesting for James to play. One one last thing on James, I realized the other day that he was also on another reality show on the CW for like a while ago before he was on Amazing Race that really? got canceled after one season. And I watched it all that one season in a day, like one time, like almost ten years ago or some shit. No way. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like I completely forgot that he was on it. And then somebody like brought up that he was on it. And I had to look up the name of the show and everything. It was called Capture. And it was like a Hunger Games esque type of show. He was there with his sister and he, they made it Wait. to like fifth sixth place. Was that the show where the bounty hunter chase after teams of two all across the country or something? No. No. Okay. I don't know what I'm thinking of then. Oh, it sounds so similar, though. <laughs> it sounds like wait. these reality shows are running out of plots. But, yeah, I don't think there was a bounty hunter on this show. The CW? Okay, wait. I think they uh, just had to, like, run somewhere and, like, be the first person to get there. I don't want to get too in the weeds about this, but... No, I, but I, I think I watched that, too. Now I think yeah. I saw that. The name sounds so familiar to me. And yeah, they were in teams yeah. of two trying to, yes. to run and do something. Okay, I think I'm mixing that up with another show about a bounty hunter, like, chasing down teams of two. But, okay, I'm going to have to look this up, too. And James was on that. <laughs> That's guys... so funny. If you guys can't tell, me and Eric have watched a disgusting amount of reality television in our in our lifetime. Yeah, it really sucks that it's that's not really good for anything in life at all. Um, yeah. Because otherwise, our resumes would be padded. They'd be like yeah. they'd be full, and instead so, they're empty for the same reason. So please, 
Give us five stars on this podcast because that's all we have. Um, nice. Anything, nice. <laughs> yeah, moving Smooth. on with the challenge. That's, that's all we got going on. Come on, please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I I don't think so. Um, yeah, I will. I mean, of course, it was pretty funny to me that David came this close to losing the first challenge. And I mean this close. If it wasn't for Caleb remembering how to do math at the last second, David would have possibly gone out first again. So funny. How do you get... So, 565 instead of 575. So, I'm thinking that David knows that 15 times 4 is 60, right? Like, and then you just add the 5, or the 15. Yeah, look, we don't have cameras in our face, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's fine, but, like, it's especially weird, assuming the order was shown correctly, that, that Aza and Kylan's... Like, they did it twice, and it's like, literally, all you have to do is do this pretty simple math equation, and, and that's it. It doesn't matter how long it takes you to do it. That's all you have to do, and you're safe. And they yeah. can't, like, just slow down a little bit and, and get it right in the first try. Two tries. Uh, they were this close. I will also say, this one's a little bit more egregious, in my opinion. Their second, so they first go with 565, which, whatever, you know, off by 10. Not a big deal. Yeah. Um, second one they choose mm. 465, which if you know that, that it's 115 times 5, you know it's at least 500, right? Like, do they really do 465? See, I, yes. I must have been paying clo- Oh, my God, yeah. Jesus Christ, dude. Okay, this is a skill, actually, that was surprisingly hard for me to teach my 7th graders back when I taught math. And that probably reflects more on my ability as a teacher than anything else, but, like, estimating the yeah. answer... Is, is really valuable in math. Um, like, just just take a second to make, like, a little bit of logical thinking apply here. 115 is more than 100. 100 times 5 is 500. The answer should be more than 500, right? Like, like that's that's insane. Like, you, your answer makes no sense. You should think about that for a second. But no, like, that's easier said than done. Yeah, so uh, they finally figure it out. Kayla has an aha moment, and Kylan and Aza are not spared. They're going to be the first ones going into elimination. Um, TJ says that he's proud of them and that everybody exceeded his expectations. Yeah, this TJ was very supportive, and it felt like he kind of knew that he was going from talking with a bunch of batshit crazy challengers to, to this crew. He was like, I need to tone things down. Yeah. It's like going from teaching uh, high schoolers to, to third graders. He's like using a nice right. soft voice like, Aza and Kylan, you did great. You, you did really good, okay? <laughs> you, you did yeah. really good. You should be proud of yourselves even though you fucked yeah. up. Well, I think TJ said in his uh, preseason interviews too that this crew – was just a lot nicer, like more polite um, than some of the, uh, you know, ragtag groups they have on the challenge. It is interesting. It, it really is a different crowd. It, it looks like it really seems like just they're casting for different reasons. These shows, especially when you compare the old school real world road rule seasons, like you, you had to have a few screws loose to get cast on some of those older seasons. It, it feels like that's not yeah. what Survivor or Big Brother are going for these days. No. Uh, so Danny and Shan actually did pretty good, too. I thought that was notable uh, that yeah. know, Shan did better than maybe we expected. Um, and Desi and Cinco. But Those are matter. the top three. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Tyson and Angela won. Um, Tyson and, and Angela win. Yeah. And so we right. get back to the house, and Xavier, uh, you know, astutely, I guess, 
uh, it's pretty obvious, uh, that Tyson and Angela aren't going to send in any Survivor or Big Brother players, more than likely, yeah. uh, unless they're huge idiots. And they're going to instead go for the Love Islanders, the Amazing Race. They narrow down how many teams that is. That really only leaves uh, three teams uh, up for option, James and Shannon, Giovanni and Selly, and who is the other one? It doesn't matter. Um, Kira and so, oh, Cashel. 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 Yeah, Cashel. Yeah. I'm going to have a hard time right. with his name. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so those are the three teams. It's pretty obvious by now that, yes, the, the, the original shows are going to stick together for the early stages of this game at a minimum. So with that said, it's it's uh, which one of these are they going to go after? And this was actually pretty interesting um, in that it looked like James and Shannon might have been the, the easy first vote, but I'm curious how much of James's politicking uh, really swayed Tyson because it really it looked like James tried hard and successfully put himself in Tyson's pocket, and maybe uh, yeah. the rest of the Amazing Race is with him. Maybe Tyson's looking to scoop up the Amazing Race uh, a little bit early. What do you think? I love the way this was edited. By the way, um, I totally thought this was like James and Shannon going in zero suspense type of thing, and that's why they're not showing as much. And then like, yeah, ha ha, gotcha, same. and it worked. I, I totally fell for it. Hook, line, sinker. Love seeing James uh, fight for his life. I kept yelling at the screen beforehand. I'm like, James, this is your game. Go talk to people. Like, what are you doing talking to your partner about it? Seemingly, it seemed like they were both just resigned to going in. Uh, but um, listening to Tyson on the podcast, James was his bunkmate. Uh, so they did share the uh, a bunk together. He said he liked James. They got along. So it was also one of those things too, where it's just like I can, I feel like I can work with this guy. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to see him go quite yet, and I feel like there's, you know, something, you know, that we can work with here. Yeah, which, which all makes sense, right? Uh, why not yeah. save the person that you got good vibes with over someone that you don't know anything about? Um, I think yeah. that probably speaks to James's game uh, a lot more than than Tyson's decision here, though. Like this is great. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, also, too, if you're Tyson, you know, probably good to get rid of a muscly guy who can possibly beat you in like a hall brawl or, or something of that nature. But like you said, all mm -hmm. the kudos goes to James uh, for fighting for himself right here. I feel like so many times on the challenge, especially when the rookies initially go in, they're just like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to, you know, whatever, earn my stripes. And, you know, and, and here he was like, no, I'm not going in. What are you talking about? Like, you know. Yeah, seriously, it, it's a good read that, uh, like he said at the party scene, that uh, there's not that many teams left that don't include a Big Brother or Survivor player in them. So, great read. A lot of people, like you said, make the mistake of like thinking, oh, there's so many people, like I'm just going to coast by. And no, he correctly figured out that he probably needed to do something in order to stay. Yeah. So, that was cool. You know what else was interesting was uh, the party. It looked like they were at an actual bar again. This felt like way more like the, the classic party scenes than any of the challenge seasons we've seen lately. Yes, Tasha was very excited uh, about getting to go to the bar. I think we saw some more twerking uh, in, in this sequence as well. Um, and uh, really just like the guys who are on the outs uh, kind of talking about you know what Tyson's decision could possibly be really. Uh, I think that was about it. Yeah, nothing too crazy. It was interesting looking at who's sitting next to each other, who's talking together. I, you know, I'm not going to pause it or go that in depth or anything, but like Ben and Sarah, well known duo, 
are hanging out at the party. Um, yeah. Earlier you mentioned Xavier talking with Alyssa and Enzo. I do think these things are kind of interesting to clock, uh, like who trusts who. Like, for instance, Xavier right. was talking very freely about like his thoughts on what was going to happen in the game, which means he trusts Enzo, which means he probably trusts Sarah too because Sarah is Enzo's partner. And obviously he yeah. trusts Alyssa who has been as a partner. So it kind of shows what these players, who these players might be working with in the game. I, uh, also, I think during this club scene is when um, Sully tried to kiss Enzo. That Wait, that happened? Yes, Eric. Are you messing with me? Is that a real thing? <laughs> no, I listened to exit interviews and I thought the same thing. Um, and no, there and, and Enzo apparently is all talk. He didn't uh, take her up on this. The meow meow. What? What? Do I, does yes. my brain just shut off in party scenes? Like, is that just what happened? I no, I no, no. no. Like, they didn't show it on the show. This is all from like exit interviews and stuff. Like oh, that. oh. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh yeah. man, was I confused? Okay, good. Yeah, you, yeah. You're really killing the um, outside the show info. I, I know I need to listen to Tyson's podcast. Usually I will, but I'm glad you yeah. did so you can pick up on that. Um. Yes. Interesting. Wow. Enzo's so like the bell of the ball. He's got Sarah partnering up with him. He's got Selly going after him at the at the club. Like what? Yeah. Damn Enzo. Yeah. Life. Life. You you have new life at forty two. That's awesome, man. Uh, good that's, for him. That's inspiring. Uh, it's, it's an inspiration that I hope to follow maybe in his footsteps. Yes. Um, meow. Uh, meow. Um. So, um, Tyson and Angela talked to Kylan and Aza. Seemed like Kylan was really gearing towards going against James here. Um, if you're Tyson and Angela, do you maybe want to just do that to acquiesce with them? Or I guess they might have, they probably talked to them and they were like, hey, we think this might be better for you and this is why, I'm sure. But yeah, um, I think it's probably, I think they easily had a route where Aza gave them two options. They, if they pick either of the two, that's that's fine, right? Like even if yeah. Kylan says he prefers one over the other, like like who cares? Like you you're working with them to some extent, you know. And ultimately, it is like you guys lost. Like, like right. sucks to suck. Like you know, like. And I, I think Angela Tyson play this perfectly in that right. way. Like you you get their opinion, you you give them a few options, you make it clear like like you know we we have our own interests to protect we have the decision but like what's your input we will value that and try to help you out if we can uh, as best we can like right like that's i think the way to do it um so no i think it makes way more sense for him to keep his person that he thinks he can work with in the game in in james so um we get to the elimination um and it's a classic challenge staple um it's funny, Eric, when I was watching this with some people who've never seen this elimination before, one of my friends was like, oh, that looks easy. But he didn't understand that you had to do it twice, that you had to, like, then undo, mm-hmm. like, the... I don't know what he thought the challenge was. Um, but, like, he's like, oh, that's actually really hard. I'm like, yeah, no I think they're going to judge oh. the knots? Like, they're going to hold <laughs> yeah. up scorecards from yeah. 0 to 10? <laughs> I'm like, maybe he thought... I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> not hanging out with Mensa members all the time. So, um, we, we find out, we do get the flashback sequence of James just fucking scattering like a rat everywhere and just talking to everybody and shannon too uh probably 
you know, less successfully uh, going around and doing stuff. I say less successfully because, like, her whole pitch is, like, I actually want to be here, and I actually think, like, I could be good. And, like, nobody right. cares about that. Like, nobody, like, that is not factoring into anybody's decision, like, really. Like, right, right. The, the damage has already been done. No one's going to be like, oh, okay, well, let's go after a new target then. Uh, great. Like, I'm so glad you want to be here now. <laughs> right, like, yeah. Let's go back in time, wipe our hands clean of that. But, I mean, yeah. she is doing what she should do at the same for time. Sure. So, yeah, like, yeah. good good, good for her for course correcting, I think we can say. Good for her for doing something, because a lot of people just do nothing. So, good That's on. right. Yeah, yeah, for now. Uh, T-minus two episodes until she quits. But, but also, good, good job for now. But also bad on her for getting herself in the business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tyson also makes it really clear in a confessional. He says, you're welcome, James. You owe me big time. So, we know where Tyson's coming from here. Uh, yeah. I like that they included that. It kind of shows... You know, the the James did do some campaigning. Tyson did listen to it. You know, it wasn't just uh, for show. I okay. also like that neither Tyson or Angela gave reasoning for voting them in. Like, you, usually somebody says something afterwards and it gives too much away or something. They're both yeah. just like, oh, Giovanni and Sully. Because, because. Yeah, I'm already liking Angela a lot better on this season than I did on Big Brother. Where, to me, she Same. was kind of like a, you know, replacement level. We knew she was a good competitor. We knew she was competitive. Ice Queen, I think, is an appropriate um, self-descriptor for her. But yeah. like beyond that, like wasn't really lighting the world on fire. But the challenge seems way more up her alley. No, for sure. Definitely more conducive to her personality where it's like, Angela's a badass instead of like Angela's rude or like whatever you think of her on Big Bro- the last Big Brother. Or whatever. Yeah, being a badass doesn't really translate all that well when you're doing competitions like they <laughs> feature in Big Brother. Yeah, because like it's like you take yourself too seriously. Like if you really think you're, like you're a beast for like killing the challenge right. on Big Brother, like you know what I mean. In Big Brother, you literally had a competition where they had to run around in this like goopy little swamp and and pluck. Uh, letters out of a giant nose filled with uh, green slime so they can assemble yeah. the longest word. Like, that's the everyone, level of competition that they're dealing with in Big Brother. Everyone listening to this podcast is like, is Big Brother like Double Dare? Like, a lot of times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, a lot of okay. times. Your reaction yeah, to that no. person. Is, uh, There's yeah, a few yeah. competitions that are really similar that they might have borrowed <laughs> from Double Dare 2000. Into the giant nose. Yeah, that, that's a good, uh, especially close one. That's it. Yeah, that's right um, from Double Dare. So yeah, we see the not so fast. It looks like a uh, like kind of like a pyramid type thing this time. Uh, classic challenge elimination. Um, I always like seeing this one. I, I, I don't like even though I really can't tell what's going on. Like a lot of times, uh, mm-hmm. for some reason, I always like watching this elimination. Yep, it's a classic for a reason. Um, this is not a particularly exciting version of it, I don't think. But you know, it, it was it was good. It it's it's one where the winner feels deserved every time. It's like you deserve right. to win this one for sure. Yeah, and it wears you out. So it's a it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. you know what are there I really like. Classic liked? matchups of this one that you like that you can. Think what of? are the classic matchups? Well, yeah, definitely like, uh, CT versus Durrell, Right, that's like the number yeah. one. I think. Um, yeah. That was that was just insane. That was incredible. Two heavyweights. What else? What, what do you remember? Oh, Laurel versus Camilla on that same season, actually. Where You're Camilla right. I was beats just thinking Laurel. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Laurel's was one loss. One. That was her yeah. one time she lost in an elimination. That was that was nuts. That was nuts. There's yeah, got to be other one ones time. in the past. I, I can't really. I don't know. I can't remember too well. Yeah. 
Chat and Sarah versus Brandon and Kara. See, <laughs> classic I, heavyweight. <laughs> I did remember that that happened in Battle of the Seasons, but I didn't bring it up because I couldn't tell you a single thing about it. Oh man, you know I can't help myself with the Chet Cannon references. Um, yeah, so yeah, get... challenge Goat Chet, as we all yes. know. Yes. If you so... wait, if you missed, if you miss it, this was on previous podcasts. But uh, when I first started watching the challenge. <laughs> Joseph pitches Chet to me as like a huge reason as to why Can I, I just should say watch it. One thing: this was after he was on Battle of the Seasons, so like he had not lost on free agents yet. Still not a great excuse, but go ahead. Yeah, and you said you like you you, you had some early exits, but like you were just such a big Chet fan. You love the guy <laughs> so much. You were like, yeah. dude, this guy's like a genius. He's he's yeah like a strategist. There is strategy in the challenge. I promise, Eric, you gotta watch it. And I go yes. in and watch Chet just like get medevac five times. <laughs> <laughs> I think looking back, I'm definitely much less of a Chet fan. Uh, looking back, though, <laughs> though he was pretty, he was pretty funny on some of the shows. Um, but he's a, about- you know what I will say, he's like just a really interesting casting choice. He just stands out so much compared to so many other I think, people. I think what I always liked about him was I was like, I'm a hipster on, and like that's how I would be if I was on the challenge, probably. And he's also a hipster, and also yeah. uh, friends with Tyson Apostle. I believe. Oh, there you go. No, yeah, okay. Yeah. The the <laughs> Mormon sense. you the the Mormon reality show people sticking together. Um, yep. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I forgot about that connection. Okay. Yeah. I have a shout out I'd like to make. This yeah. is a shout out for Giovanni, who I am actually really bummed that he's out first because. Whoa. I think. I like the energy he brings to confessionals. I realize it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but you know what I especially liked? I think that just in this one episode, Giovanni delivered some of the best confessionals after a loss that I've ever seen on the challenge. He was like smiling through the pain, brought just as much energy as he always does in confessionals. And like a lot of people just simply can't do that. And you know, they lost. I will say that is on their confessionals. He played it off super well, but you could still tell he was like, Oh man, this sucks. Because like I said, like, yeah, smiling through the pain, but he was giving it his best in the confessionals. He was trying to do everything he could. I I thought to, to go out and make a mark. And uh, I I appreciate that because again, in the challenge, so many people just completely give it away after they're done and they can't help it they sound so dejected like their puppy just died and giovanni didn't do that and for that i appreciate him i also loved his trash talk before the elimination and i think more people should do that i thought that (laughs) yeah that was the other when he's making fun of them for the flight of stairs dying on the flight of stairs Yeah, I want more of that. I love yeah. trash talkers. I've, I've always gravitated yeah. towards the trash talkers in these shows and in sports. Jimmy Connors, so my good. favorite tennis player ever for that reason, man. And uh, yeah, it was. I've never seen anyone just shout over someone else's confessional before, like nonstop. Me like, that was funny. You would think it would happen all the time, right? Like, it's, it was so good. Um, but yeah. Um, Kylan and Azza don't react. They're like, we're going to save our energy for the elimination. And they do. Uh, I don't think this was like a huge surprise for either of us. Uh, Kylan talked about how much he's been working out. And if he's really been watching and studying the show like he says he is, he must know that the trick to this elimination is just like making one big fucking knot. Uh, like all a CT and just stumping your opponents once they get to it. 
Yeah, I I was actually a little surprised. I because I Kylan's preparation has been great. Aza I thought would drag him down, frankly. Um, and yeah. I, I thought that they're not looks worse than the other teams. When I was looking at them, the changeover. I don't know. Maybe I'm an idiot. I actually thought that the other team had the better knot, but not I was so unimpressed by fast. both of them when I saw them. Like not criticizing them because God knows how I would do. Uh, but like yeah. I just looking at it from the outside, you're just like uh, that doesn't look like much. This is a challenge where it looks like you should be able to just thread that knot everywhere you want, but then you get out there and like you literally, you have to pull so much heavy rope. Like yeah. every single time, and you Kyle and make Giovanni any maneuver. Are strong dudes. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Tyson so, but- said in his podcast that he was very impressed with the women during this elimination, though. That they both really surprised him and like how much effort they were giving and just like not giving up. Like he said that they were both killing it. Cool. Well, that's good. that's what you like to see, right? Everyone's yeah. trying their heart out. That's awesome. Great. Uh, I, I got to say, man, I feel like um, I got to eat some crow with Aza here. Just a little bit because her persevering through these and just having a good attitude throughout all of it, too. Like, you know, I was happy for her when she won. Yeah, me too. I, um, again, we're one episode in. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not ready to eat crow yet. I'll only do that if I really have to. So I'm not going to do that in episode one. Um, yeah. With Aza, for me, it's always been super nice lovely person not the most competitive and and that's simply what i like to root for but uh i'm sure a lot of people are loving her in these seasons deservedly so i still have yet to see that fire but like she this was probably her best um, performance in a challenge that i've ever seen this was her best episode on reality tv by far i think (laughs) And she passed out during it. She had that one near the beginning of the season of Big Brother where she and Tiffany concocted a plan and they were both doing a little bit of acting. So I'd put that up there in contention. Oh, and she had to cry. Yeah, yeah. that was impressive. Yeah, that was That was at the start, too. And I was like, oh, I love this. What what a duo. Oz is going to be so fun and strategic this season. Psych! Then she (laughs) fell asleep. Not so fast, Eric. Not so (laughs) fast. Not so fast. Oh man, yeah. Oh man, I was gonna say something else, but I forgot. Um, so the algorithm uh, gets introduced once. Oh, I remember what it was. Selly uh, says that next time she's on the show, she wants to be a little bit more strategic. Um, yeah, I'd say having one, at least one conversation with the people in power would be like a good idea. Um, that would probably. Tyson said that literally I was just nobody, ask. yeah, nobody of the Love Island kids went up to him and like asked him anything. And all the Big Brother and Survivor people, even though they knew they were with them, were like, "We're good, right?" Like, <laughs> like, yep. like yep. at least, like you know what I mean. And none of the Love Island people said even bothered. Yeah. No one should wonder why we're all underrating the Love Islanders going into the season. It's really not a knock on them. It's like they just don't have the experience of playing a game yeah. like this. Like the, the game they played is just not even close to what you should expect on a on a show like no. The Challenge, Survivor, Big Brother, anything. Even the Amazing Racers, I think, should be better prepared. Um, it, t- it so. takes you some time. It's like it's not like Tyson yeah. was like great at these shows when he first got on. He had like <laughs> skills that were. You could see him have potential, but it's not like he knew what he was doing, you know. He played pretty poorly um, in, in Token Sheens in his first season. He really yeah. like he was made such it an a decent way, threat. but right, but strategically he was just not good. He was like, also was voted out. He was voted out the first 
possible challenge after the merge, which doesn't say much for your your strategic game, right? Because obviously when he was eligible, right? When he was eligible, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He won immunity twice and then was promptly voted out. First chance that people got. So, yeah, it's a. it's it's not easy and the more seasons you get under your belt doing this probably the better you're going to be in the love islanders they got some catching up to do can they do it can anyone break through we'll see we'll see we'll see joseph um, i i wouldn't mind seeing seeing either of these two back and i don't think we'll we will see either of them back um just because they're the first ones out but they did yeah. seem to have some personality so cbs casting really they is did. just killing it from everywhere yeah i that's a good way to sum it up love islanders they seem like they bring in the personality. Uh, that's always good. That's all you can ask for. Not bringing the strategic chops yet. Maybe they will eventually. We'll we'll wait and see. But we um, we certainly didn't predict any of them to win the game. Do you remember what all of our predictions were in the preseason? We each picked one man and one woman to win, and I can't remember who I picked. I know who you picked, but I can't remember who I picked. Besides oh Xavier. My God. I don't know who you picked either. I, I think it might have been Kira. Way. I might have just gone crazy. Actually, I think I, I was you wrong. You did, did go crazy and pick I did Kira. pick a Love Islander. Shit. Why did I do did that, dude? What was mind. wrong with me? I was just trying to I have mean, fun. Mix it up. Her and Cashel were not even brought up one time as one of the uh, eligible teams up for elimination despite being two Love Islanders. So Damn straight. Yeah, Kira all the way. Go. Why didn't I pick Angela, dude? Like, uh, what... In retrospect, yeah, honestly, honestly come on, dude. Um, the Ice Queen. Um, they don't vote on the winner on the challenge, Eric. I think you forgot. Or Desi. That. I think Desi would have been a really good pick. Desi. Why did I think Desi? Honestly, I think Desi. I just forgot about her. Desi, I think, is like low key enough to like not get targeted, but also yeah. strong enough to right. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. Um, if I could do it so, again, I would pick probably Desi, and then I think Angela and Caleb might be two other. Like choices. You still put you still pick X, knowing this stuff with him and Alyssa now. I actually feel really good about X. Yeah, I might be crazy. He does have the Alyssa thing, but X got a lot of screen time. He still he seems every bit as sharp as he did on Big Brother. I think he he might be one of the more. I don't know. Am I am I wrong for thinking? Is he underrated? I think he might be even underrated. Uh, maybe overshadowed by like the storyline of the cookout. I think he might be one of the, like the the best winners in Big Brother. I think if anything, he might get too much credit uh, for like all that stuff. So I don't know if I feel like he's underrated. Um, maybe not. I think I've come around on him too. I don't think I was nearly as excited about him after Big Brother. And then like I don't know, just hearing him talk in the early stages of this game, I am I'm I'm, I'm feeling feeling good, feeling good about my pick. Yeah. What about you? I, I'm obviously feeling great about my pick and Tyson yeah. wins the first <laughs> out daily. Yeah, you just and went then, with the chalk picks. You're like picking all the one seeds to advance in your bracket. You're from March Madness. Like, okay, good for you. You got Sarah and Tyson. Whatever, go. Great guy. It's very smart uh, uh, pick drafter Joseph Rodriguez is. Um, I thought the editing also, I must say, was very well balanced this episode. I thought we got a little bit of everyone. I really did. Like, yeah. like Tasha, we got a couple confessionals from her. Um, we got a couple confessionals from like Enzo, uh, Desi. Like, like it didn't seem like anybody really was like a complete purple edit, which I thought yeah. was cool. They snuck in at least a little bit out of just about everyone. I wasn't paying too close attention to know if like anyone got actually zero time, but it felt like pretty much every person did. You yeah. know, Dominic didn't get much, but like I remember he had a confessional. He did. Um, he might have even had two or so. 
Um, I'm going to look at the confessional account now just out of curiosity. But. All right, you do that, and then while you do that, is there anything else this episode, or are we just about ready to wrap things well, up for the day? if we want to get specifically into the algorithm, uh, I think I know we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but if you just want to... Sure, you're right. We'll talk about that. And in the meantime, I will say, before everyone flees this podcast, uh, thanks for listening this far. As always, we appreciate it, and, uh, you know, just a few... Don't think about uh, rating us five stars. Yeah. Give us a review. Yeah. And also, that would before really you make leave, us happy. listen to me uh, ask Aria, Eric a trivia question about the confessionals. All right. Eric, one person this episode had zero confessionals. Can you guess oh who that is on God. one guess? Oh, one my guess. God. Uh, okay. I need. Oh, it's got to be David. It's David. Good, good job. Good job. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. That's so appropriate. <laughs> even though he almost blew the <laughs> the dailies. Yeah, they didn't even give him like a confessional of like, oh my god, I'm blowing this right now. I'm gonna go home first again. Not even that. <laughs> he must have some serious serious blackmail against someone at Viacom <laughs> at, at this point. Is all I can get. Fine, fine. We'll put him on the show, but he's not gonna get any confessionals. How has this man been cast not once, not twice, three times? How? How? This is like one of life's biggest mysteries. Like Atlantis, the Bermuda Triangle, David getting cast on three reality TV shows. Someone needs to solve this. If, if like, people on, like, Big Brother casting team try to act like they don't cast for, like, good-looking people specifically, uh, David's, like, to me, the prime example. Because, like, it seems like he was just cast because, you know, young, good-looking dude because uh, not a lot going upstairs strategically. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that was interesting. That's uh, Aza, Danny, that and Kyle. <laughs> Danny actually was tied with uh, Kylan and Aza for most confessionals for this episode. Wow. Did he break his yeah. record for most confessionals in his entire Survivor season yet? I don't think he had, like, eight episodes in a single episode of Survivor, right? Like, like that doesn't sound right. Definitely not. Maybe his boot episode. Yeah. That's about it. I, right, I yeah. he was he was not the biggest presence on Survivor at all. He had some good moments. He had some good moments for sure. But um, and for then sure. James Just, was he wasn't a confessional seven. machine. James yeah. had a lot. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So the algorithm yeah. comes up, and we find out that everyone is going to switch partners. It's all going to be at random from week to week. Tyson and Angela cannot just steamroll the competition <laughs> and win the show. Might be good for them. I still am on the fence. Of like uh, they seem like a really good pair that trust each other. This could be actually the best thing for them. They can possibly split up, have people forget about them and their relationship, and then kind of go undercover in in their uh, little BFF dynamic duo friendship. Because it feels like we got that set up for us. The their connection several times in this episode. I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to work really closely together. Yeah, I did feel like we got that set up when Angela was talking about Tyson during deliberation, uh, about how amazing he is, which is usually what we try to do on this podcast as well. Um, and it seems mm -hmm. like, yeah, they're going to try to run that thing uh, to the end. Yeah, excited to see how that turns out. And the interesting thing about the algorithm is, they're, what, okay, I might get this wrong, but they're going to get matched with a new person every week until that's no longer possible at which point the, the, the cycle repeats. And, and again, they will get matched with someone for the second time every possible chance. 
until right, yeah. that's no longer possible. Like I don't, I don't know. I'm not. I can't yeah. think that far ahead, math wise. That makes but, sense. Uh, could could it, could we get so far as to like they'll get a partner for a third time at some point, or will the season be over by then? I guess I we have like, no way of knowing. I feel like they will probably. Uh, because D- some depends. people are going to be eliminated, and if like they're stuck with people who they've already been with, then I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, listen to another podcast if you want that answer. Uh, right, any yeah, thoughts maybe. on the format? I the like partners it. are going to change. Cool. That's all we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Those are our thoughts. That we like it, but we might hate it. Um, <laughs> Hard hitting. Yeah. This is, this is a great premiere. Um, loved it. Looking forward to everything else. As we know, sometimes a challenge can go off the rails after the first couple episodes. But we will be optimistic uh, we love the casting so far, and I think, like you said, we have this intrigue now. Derek X, we didn't even talk about that, but he also feels like he can't trust the cookout. So is this like alliance really that strong? Like, are they really going to be able to steamroll, especially with people switching teams now? Like, if, if Xavier is on a team with like a Love Islander, does like Derek X and Alyssa like lick their chops? I don't know. I don't know either. I think there are a lot of interesting ramifications for the switching thing because you can get deep into the the, the first switch. The first switch is where everyone gets like partnered with someone new uh, for the yeah. first time. And then you can start to think like, okay, next episode, you actually will be able to know potentially who's going to get partnered up with who, right? There might be certain cases where someone's been partnered up with every possible person left in the game right. except for like one person. And, and maybe- so you can really plan ahead perhaps for sure like maybe you keep somebody who you're like oh i know they're gonna get paired with this person next time and they suck so i'm gonna keep them around to make sure that they're partnered with them or vice yeah versa. exactly like yeah yeah we haven't really got a chance to think it through yet but i'm gonna do that before next episode there's situations like that and then when you factor in the bounties on everyone's head how much money they have like it, it could lead to some really interesting decisions being made i almost wonder like would it be better if uh the person who lost the elimination got to pick who they went against in, in an elimination oh or... i do i do think that's better i do think that's better like you get something at least um not that you should necess- not that you should earn anything from elimination because you should just not go in um uh, but i do think it might make it more interesting maybe i don't know i'm just thinking out loud here in the past we've liked formats like that a lot but that's been without the bounty system maybe that's just a little too brutal for the players who do well in, in dailies like you know it maybe uh just makes right it too exactly easy yeah to pick them off I, I don't know but any case interested to see how it plays out we'll keep thinking about it uh, if you get any bright ideas bring them to the next podcast well, let me you? tell you this this much we don't think that much usually about the formats usually we're just like okay that's what it is and then so right. i like that they're making us you know use our heads and you know i don't know what's going to happen this season uh based off this crazy format and i like that eric it's exciting same joseph i spend most of my brain power thinking of how i'm going to make fun of the format usually and now i'm actually thinking about how it's going to work out like weird and all stars three i think we both came away really liking that season overall really feel like the the two formats that they switched between worked well what is this What, what is going on this is bizarre Maybe they are listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I that I can assure you is not happening. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, you know we've been recording for too long when I start talking like that. So yeah, um, yeah. Let's yeah, get out of here. I, I think it's a good time for us to sign off. 
Give us five stars on iTunes if you're so inclined. Subscribe. Uh, tell your friends. You know what I mean? Get them into the challenge on CBS. Right. It's on a major That's network right. now. No excuses. If, if, if you rate us five stars and leave us a review, we will stop asking on the podcast. We promise. You just have to go do that right now, and then we're going to yes. stop. Okay? And we'll we stop. guarantee it. But yes. if you're not doing it, then how are we going to stop? We're going to we're gonna have to keep. We're gonna have to keep asking. That's right. I don't even know yeah. why I care. Like, like I said, we don't do this for money. We don't do this for sponsors. We we have no ads. We yeah. get this out whenever we I want. Like, why do I feel like we should I want try that so though, badly? Right. Like we feel. I feel like we should try to advertise the podcast. And I feel like five star ratings helps with like where you're at on the chart. I don't know how that shit works to be honest. We we should try, I guess. But like at the same time, you can only fail if you try. Right, so would we be better off just not trying? We can't be like Shannon, all right. We gotta, we gotta, you know, you gotta rappel down the building, and you know, we gotta twerk, man. Yeah, even the baddest bitch uh, would be running for the hills if they were trying to run our podcast. That's for sure. So maybe we should just uh, on that quit note, now. let's actually end the podcast. Yeah. You guys have a good one. Bye. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>